Simmons. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 294 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. We are very excited because it is Keeneland opening day this Friday. I got my Keeneland gear on. I got my new Crownsway Racing hat. We'll talk about why I'm wearing that in just a minute. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen after you do that. Hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. And boy, do we have a lot of content this week. And make sure you smash that like button, which will send everyone to this podcast. You can follow me there on my name tag. Whoops, right up. Oh, see if I can do it. There it is, right there. At H Kravitz on Twitter. And of course, email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can see right there our live shows. We've got tomorrow night, Benton and Boozen. 9 p.m. Eastern, Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern, covering the unbelievable Saturday Keelan card. And then we have our brand new Keeneland Today morning shows, 10.30 Eastern, a.m., Saturday and Sunday. We're all about Keeneland here this week, along with a lot of other shows. Tomorrow night, Ben Boozen's talking about Belmont. We're going to do a bunch of taped shows also. So if you're used to our live shows, awesome. Uh, but if you are listening, watching, please go to the YouTube channel where we have a bunch of taped shows, shorter taped shows on San Nita, Woodbine. There's an, a, a plethora of stake races this weekend for as Breeders' Cup prep. So make sure you check out the channel and watch those taped shows as well. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power Picks. Keeneland-only Power Picks. Now on sale we have full meat, which is every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is nine cards. We also have individual weekend. If you only want, for example, this weekend, or you want to at least check it out first and see what it's like, you can buy only this weekend. Monday through Thursdays, you can buy the one weekend only package. The full meat, all nine cards, is only available until Thursday uh, midnight Eastern time. Please look below the video player. It's inexpensive. It's profitable. Myself, Pete, and Paul are writing them all. Uh, pick five, grids, ABCs, all turf, $3 pick three analysis. There's a lot of spot plays, price plays, the whole gamut. Check it out. Then we also have our regular power picks on Patreon.com as usual on Saturdays. Again, the Keelan only power picks, by the way, are through our website. You can see there on the screen or look down below the video player. Speaking of our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And finally, we are on Instagram, instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. Special thanks to Noah Maher of our Ben and Boozen show and also Pete Visco. They're both working on our Instagram page. Again, instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. All right. That takes care of all the particulars. We got a lot to discuss. Let's not waste any more time. Let me bring in my wonderful co-host first from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Saratoga special. And this gentleman hopefully has a runner at Keeneland also this weekend. We'll talk about that. Mr. Paul Halloran and from the East Coast 
of Maryland and proud co-owner of a horse for all of us that we're going to talk about here to start the show that is definitely running on Sunday, Mr. Pete Visco. Guys, I would say it's like Christmas in October, but for yours truly, it's more like Hanukkah, first night of Hanukkah. It's Keelan, guys. Boy, do I love this fall meat. It's short but sweet, gentlemen. Hello. Hey, fellas. What's up? Good evening. Good evening. I know it's not necessarily a Saratoga, Paul, but this is, for me, this is the next best thing. And I do very well at this meet. I don't know why. Saratoga is very difficult, and I struggled this summer along with a lot of people with all the rain and scratches, and it's just really hard. Keelan's no picnic either, but somehow it seems slightly more formful, but you can get prices also, $3 pick threes, people like Jim Goodman, an unbelievable track that usually runs fair, weather usually decent. It's just, it's one of my favorite meets, Paul. I'll speak for myself. Well, I, I, certainly uh, the spring meet is, uh, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> and uh, now I've been betting Keeneland, as you can imagine, for many, many years. It just took me a while to get there last spring. And uh, there was a chance I was going to be there next week, but it, it just didn't, uh, didn't work out. But uh, All right. I will be back. I will be back in April. And uh, defend your title. Looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know this meet. I mean, as you said, it's it's it it really it it's like Saratoga split into two. You know, half in the fall yeah. and half in the spring. That's all. Uh, Pete, you have not been to Keelan, but when you think about Keelan Racetrack or its uh, two big meets, spring and fall, what comes to mind right away for you? Well, I mean, you just know this one is great because it's basically the last. It's part of the last shot of Breeders' Cup prep races. So for me, you just you get excited because you're going to see these horses one final time, and they're going to be in some pretty competitive fields. And we're seeing that throughout already this weekend's cards coming up. And I mean, it's that's like that about, around other tracks as well. But Keeneland is is pretty stacked. Yeah, and by the way, Sunday's card is great too. You got a little Nest versus Idiomatic versus I think Secret Oath is in there too. I can't recall, yeah. maybe not. Um, Anyway, the, the, the cards all weekend are tremendous. Let's talk to some people really quick. Steven Vanderbrook, yeah, please smash that like button. We'd greatly appreciate it. Right now, we only have eight. I'm looking on my YouTube page here on my other eight. Come on, people, smash that like button. Help us out. Maiden Focus, what's up? Hey, kids, how are we doing, Maiden? Glad you're here. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Pete and Maiden are having their own personal conversation. Okay, I like it. Uh, guys, before we get into the pick five, very quickly, I got to bring this up. Sunday. Race eight, everyone on the screen, plus Kyle Roscoe, has a small piece of a horse, hold your hats, boys and girls, that is running in a $250,000 stake race, a little more than Paul won in the Great One Gamble, not much though, uh, $250,000 stake race for the boys, five and a half furlongs on the turf. We're going to talk a little bit more with Caleb Keller, guys, who's coming on our show Thursday from FanDuel, but I'll just show everyone right now. Here, up. Oh, I don't have the race because I didn't uh, bring it up on the present. So here it comes right now. I'll show everyone the race very quickly. We're not going to break it down. There it is, guys. There's our horse. Very excited. It's in the Indian summer. Race eight from the rail. Shards. Boom. Right there for Kelsey Danner and Adam Bishiza. Paul, you're very, very 10-second quick thoughts. I think he fits. He's got to step up a little bit on the buyers, but there's no killers in here. No, we talked about it before he came on the air. You know, uh, he put up a 70 last time, and yeah. that 
that really fits the, the horse that I think is going to be the favorite right next to him has a 71, 72, and a 71. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a 77 floating around out there and a 78, but yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and, you know, again, very impressive last time coming from, you know, I guess you'd say he ran like a three to five short should, you know, he was yeah. fairly well back in, in a short field, but, you know, went from fifth out of six to winning by five. So he he was much the best uh, in that race. And, you know, a few horses have run back and, and not done really much coming out of that race, but hopefully he breaks that trend. Absolutely. And, and Pete, uh, I don't know if he, I mean, listen, if he wins, that'd be crazy. And for those people at home that don't know, I will be at Keeneland this weekend. So will Kyle Roscoe. So will Noah Maher, because Noah goes to school at University of Kentucky. So three of the HHH Racing po- uh, podcast crew will be there. I'm actually going to get there Saturday, guys. I have to work Friday, but I will be there. I, my plane literally gets in at post time Saturday, so I'll be a little bit late. But uh, Pete, I don't know if Shards wins would be crazy. Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. I mean, why not? I mean, it's a bit. <laughs> let's go. Let's do that's it. Always, and that's always a race that, you know, it's pretty wide open generally. So, we, yeah. we, hey, if he if he runs well. The only weird thing about him is, and I'm, I was looking at the PPs and Biskizzi was up, four different jockeys in, in four different races. So it'd be nice to get one that, that, that sort of gets to know him a little bit. But other than that, I think he's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, what's up, Penn State, Scott? How are you? Listen, everyone should, if you're uh, obviously you're a fan of the show, if you're watching, cheer us on Sunday, race eight, the number one shards, who is going to be, when more lines are not out yet, I'm guessing like six to one, guys. I don't, I don't know. And I don't, I don't see any reason He looked why. like third choice. I'd say like third choice, Paul. What do you think? Maybe like third? Yeah, I'd say that's, I think Howard's pretty, pretty accurate. I, I think the two is going to be the favorite. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, guys, I've got, this is called a telephone. I could just call Nick Tamaroy now and say, <laughs> Nick, please make shards 15 to 1 so we get a better price. <laughs> uh, Nick Tamaroy, friend of myself, friend of uh, the show, does the morning lines at uh, Keeneland. So, anyways, we're going to move on to the big card on Friday, but very exciting for all of us with shards. We'll be talking about that sequence as well on our Sunday Keeneland Today show. So, Stay tuned. And who's hosting that show Sunday, Pete? That would be me. So we will Wonderful. be talking about that show, about that right. race on the show. That is in the late pick five. So beautiful. Right before, you could double up right into the spinster. So There you go. You have to pick shards, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's a law. I think it's, That's a law. I, I, don't the, even, I believe I, it's in the Constitution. I believe. I don't even need to handicap the race. I am, no. I am not, you know, I, I, am, I am not like some of us on this show who pick against our horses. I, I go down with the ship if necessary. Speaking of our horses, Copper Missile also ran Saturday. He's just a big boy. He's a little bit pace. I'm not sure what he's going to do next. I thought he ran uh, okay. But we'll, we're going to move on, guys, because this is not the – you know, talk about horses that the podcast has show. People want to know about Keelan on Friday, but it is very exciting to see some horses run in big spots for sure. Look who's here. Matt Miller, your horse is in a $250,000 yeah. win. We wish, in. We wish it were a win and you're in. It's actually not a win and you're in, Matt. It is not a win and you're in, just let you know. Um, but are we still betting it? Hell yeah. I mean, I'm going to be there, Matt. Are you kidding me? I've got to put a win bet on this horse. I'm right sure a couple of us get, on this screen will find a way. Even if he wins, I'm sure we'll find a way to, to mess up the race somehow or mess up the sequence, Paul. So you know, at least at least we have one lock, hopefully, in there. All right, let's talk about the pick five, guys. Pick five, 
Friday, opening day. Uh, weather has been very warm and sunny throughout the Midwest. And of course, uh, a little rain Thursday, and it's going to be much cooler. It is going to be dry, apparently. So not worried about anything, uh, any wetness going on or any scratches. But it is going to be in like the low 60s. I know, poo-poo, right? Low 60s uh, in Lexington. It's actually going to be their coolest summer or coolest weather they've had all year. But that's fine. I'll take that over over rain any day because we've seen enough rain. Let's go ahead and go to the pick five, guys. That starts on Friday, opening day at Keeneland. Starts about 3.40 Eastern. It starts in race six. And, of course, starts with a very difficult main special weight. Philly, two-year-old Phillies, but we can see the board, which is nice. It is a monster field of 12. There's also two also eligibles in there. The Moyline favorite is the number nine, Tammy Lynn for Stahl and Saez. I thought, not only is this race very difficult, but I thought this race, I feel bad for Nick Tamaro, Paul, oh. because I don't know how the hell you make Moyline lines for this field. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up the banners right now. And, of course, this is the first time Pete and Paul are seeing the picks. Let's see if anyone's got that nine on top. And we've got to have a lot of different horses, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen. And no, actually, Howard and Pete, myself and Pete, we have the same three horses. And I'm assuming we did this before the morning lines. That's not even the right uh, PPs, by the way. Hold on a second. I'm assuming we did this before the morning lines, guys. And Pete, you and I have the exact same three horses, which is pretty crazy. That's Paul, crazy. let's go to you first. You're going to go with the two bourbon breeze. And there's a lot to dig in here, guys. So we're going to talk about this race for a little bit longer than normal. Paul, you're going with bourbon breeze. This is a Omaha Beach filly out of a Malibu moon mare. Costs 200000 for Riley Mott. We don't have clocker reports uh, for Keeneland. It was a real bummer. Just to let everyone know, there are free workouts on the Keeneland website that they will post usually 24 hours in advance. It's not every horse. It's not very detailed, but they do give a few workouts of some horses. It's a little bit of an issue in this meet. That's my only negative with Keeneland is we don't get clock reports for Keeneland. That being said, Paul, it's an Omaha beach, costs 200K, bullet works. Uh, certainly you'd think would be live. Yeah, it's good to see Riley Mott getting a $200,000 uh, horse uh yeah. This uh this point in his career. He he's uh had ten starts in dirt sprints, two year old first time starters in dirt sprints. He's one for ten. Omaha Beach is winning with twenty-three percent of his two year old first time starters. Yep. Uh there it is this right horse there. Is, you guys can see it right there. Yep. Yes. It's a little small on the screen. Sorry about um, that. Go ahead. This horse has been working at the training center at Churchill. Uh Put up four bullets in a row. Not there's not a, a tremendous amount of horses working there, but still, you know, creditable works. Uh, yeah, um, and you know, picks up Irad and you know Ron Anderson. Uh, not Ron Anderson. Oh God, help me! It's been a long week and it's only <laughs> Tuesday. Um, I'll get back to Irad's agent in a second. Okay. Um, Steve, not Russian. putting them. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Steve Rush. Uh, right? Not putting him on, you know, there's a lot of places to go in a race like this. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good sign that he lands here. Uh, I'm five deep in the pick five. So I did have a hard time narrowing down to one, but uh, he is where I landed. So, Pete, I'm a little conflicted with this horse. I have this horse third. 
and I, we all deep dive. You have the source on top also. Here's my conflict, Pete. Let's go back to the breeding. This is very important. This is a great thing about Formulator, everyone. This is why I love DRF Formulator. Average winning distance for the Omaha Beach is six furlongs. Now, this is a first crop sire, right? So obviously a lot of these horses, Pete, have not gone long. So this really shouldn't be much of a surprise when you see these AWD, average winning distance, sprinting because most of his progeny have sprinted, right? A lot of them haven't gone long because they're two-year-olds. But here's my issue, Pete, and I'm assuming you guys looked at this too. The dam side is very long-winded. So Malibu Pride only ran one race, but the average wing distance on the dam side is a mile. And although there were some decent horses, they were turf and they were long. So I'm sure this horse is live, but I'm slightly concerned on the dam side, not really precocious. Yeah, and honestly, though, as I went through most of these, I had sort of similar, there were similar times, and, and it's always harder with the dam, too, especially if you only have, like in that one, there were only two horses, so sometimes you just don't know, maybe there's just a bad horse, maybe this is a better horse, maybe yeah. the top side will help with that, it's really hard to figure that out, but I agree with you, and Riley Mott, she's or she, he won for 25 first time starters. So that's not the greatest thing in the world either, yeah. but there's a lot of that. If you go up and down this field, there were a lot from a either breeding or trainer statistical standpoint that were knocks and good. So you had a little bit of both on, on a lot of these horses. So, I mean, I, I like the fact that I rad chose, like Paul said, that helps, but I, I had six A's when I went through this field. So <laughs> I think this one's. I think this field's wide open. So Pete's starting to meet with a three thousand uh, dollar pick five. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I'm going to play them all as A's, but that was when well, I labeled them. I was like, I got six. That's not going to work for our hundred dollar ticket. Main focus again. He's people have seen him on the show in the chat. He's an excellent handicapper and has a lot of intel. Let me mention what main focus said. He, he said, I noticed Riley Mott mentioned on Twitter that she, so for, made, made, first of all, Riley Mott is, is a man, just to let you know, but I, we, we get the point. Yeah, the, let's have a drink in honor of uh, Maiden Focus. Are we allowed to do that, have a drink for our viewers, misgendering? Sure. Why not, right? And it's misgender of a human. What does that mean, Paul? Should I have like a shot or something or just, I don't know what that does. You should have some oats. It's actually, it's harder. <laughs> right. It's it's actually it's actually easier to misgender the humans because it doesn't have the you know it doesn't have the M or the F or whatever next to it. The horses yeah. we see it right in front of That's us. That's true. So we should know that better. All right, let me get to the point. Let me get to the point. We digress. Riley Mott said that um, that he had an unraced two old filly that he liked. That one was a bay filly with a star on her forehead, though not a chestnut, chestnut, so not bourbon breeze. So what Maiden Focus is saying that is apparently. This is not the one that Riley Mott really liked. Uh, I, I'd have to go. I'm sure main focus is correct on that. And yes, that is correct. Riley is, Bill has two sons, right, Paul? I believe. I Riley believe so. Yes, I'm pretty sure that. And a, I don't know if he has a daughter, I don't want to say, but I, I'm pretty sure he has two sons. Anyway, Bourbon Breeze is conflicting, Pete. We're going to see, let the board tell, right, Pete? Plain simple. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's no. the beauty. Like you said, it's the beauty of having this in the first leg is we right. can get a, because even when you, before the morning lines, I don't know if you guys like the, you see a Cox and, and Pratt horse that, yeah. you know, unraced and the works don't really give you much, but at 10 to one, you see that you never know. So you figure some of these connections are going to take money just based on connections. So it's nice to see that in the first leg. Guys, I spent about half an hour in this race, so I think people at home would appreciate at least giving a little bit of intel very briefly. I'm just going to pour through the field, guys, very quickly. Feel feel free to throw in anything you want. 
pour some wisdom. Tim Ham can win first out. He's a sharp guy. This horse has been breezing well and with bullets, but I don't like the rail personally, guys. So I'm against the one mainly because of the rail. Caroline Candy, I want to mention, John Innes is not great first time, but guys, once in a while, he sneaks in a winner in the spring usually. This twirling candy filly is working very well. I think this horse is going to outrun his, uh, her odds. She's got some bullet works, guys. And I'm actually a little bit interested in the three. I've got the three in the mix. Either one of you look at the three at all. Twenty. That was one of my. That's one of my six A's. Was the three. Okay, there you go. So, all right. Yeah. Um, I don't like pinup Betty personally. Silverly <laughs> Moon looks slow based on the breeding. Plain Champagne's gonna take money, but I don't know. She was very slow with the buyer first time art. For full first time out, excuse me, circling for uh motion. He's not known with his two year old first time out guys, correct? 10% with two year old dirt sprinters first time status. Yeah, and the dam was was really nothing special. Dropped some a few horses, but again, mainly long and on the turf. So I wasn't really a big fan of the eight. Let's all have Tammy Lynn, guys. I have Tammy Lynn second. We all have Tammy Lynn in the mix. Main question. Albert Stahl, line two. Uh, why was this horse on turf first time, sir? That's my question, That's guys. A, I don't get it. That is a damn good question, Thank Howard. You, that that is a good question because I, I have I, don't... I I have written on my PPs here better on dirt question mark. I guess we're going to get the answer to that. Although I'll tell you what, that was certainly not a bad effort. Um, it's a good effort. You know, I don't, did he want a runner shorter than six? Uh, I, I don't know. It's closing weekend. Did he just want to get a race in tour and he couldn't get her in a dirt race? Um, we, she we, works really so, well. Well, the Paul, works have been I mean, great on the dirt, right? Yeah, look at dirt. those works. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe she just couldn't get into a dirt race. I don't know. It's weird. This, this horse to me could, like, win by five or be out of the money. I, I don't know what to do with this horse. It's just weird. I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking we, it. Hard to hard to leave off the oh, ticket, we, though, just because look you what don't we know. did, Pete. We already tired Paul out in the first ten minutes of the show. <laughs> I mean, and it's yeah, Tuesday. Paul, it's, it's, it's only Tuesday, it's, Paul. Uh, we got a long please. week. Uh, the return of Louis Saez, which is good news, by the yeah. way. Louis, of course, was injured at uh, yes. Saratoga, and it's good to see him back in this race. Let's end our conversation with the eleven. And Pete, I was so happy because you know, I guess I have mad respect for both of you guys. I was so happy that one of you thought the 11 could be a factor here. And I handicapped this after the morning lines. And I get the 12 to 1, Pete, because she's been working slow. But as yeah. I looked through this field, all I saw on the dam side, as you said, Paul, was want to go long, wants to be turf, wants to go long, wants to go turf. And then, Pete, you jump into this 11, Easy Street, by Munnings out of a Carson City mare. And, boy, you see the dam was fast. And you look at the siblings, six out of 11 siblings of one, two for six first-time starters. The average wing distance is very sprinty. The siblings were good when the war was was precocious. Union City was precocious early. Uh, Mo City was pretty good early. It just feels like this is one that's meant to be good early. I'm not overly concerned with the work speed because Mark Cassie doesn't work uh, his, for his horses fast. I wish some of the works were quicker. But it's Tyler G. I have a feeling this horse is going to be quick. It's just a guess, of course. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know that. But again, I'm with you on the even on obviously Munnings. Munnings is fine. 18 percent dirt sprints. Decent with two-year-old first-time starters. Damn side, seven for 10 wins with two-year-olds, 35% in dirt sprints. So there's there's a yeah. lot going on there that just that just feel right, especially if you're taking a shot with a double-digit horse. Yeah. The one odd stat I saw was Mark Cassie with DJ Stable as the owners is one for 22 with first-time starters on dirt. But I don't know what the hell that means when it's the owners. That That's a little strange sometimes so yeah. but again when you're digging into first time starters you try and find any angle you could possibly come For up sure. with but I, yeah i'm curious to see how this one's going to run but there is potentially enough speed in here to where if this one isn't you know maybe on the top line of speed maybe sits off and we'll see you know the hardest thing for first timers is passing horses yeah. sometimes but there is looks like there could be some speed in here at least based on some of the works this 11 is completely easy street is completely a board horse. And usually when we say a board horse, we mean hitting yeah. the board. In this case, I mean, <laughs> see the odds of the board, because if this one's like eight, 10 to one, I won't be interested. If this one is like nine to two or taking some sneaky money yeah. look out. So anyway, we're going to move on to the next race, but a fascinating, and, and I'm sure people at home, some people, at least Paul will say, this is a cluster. I'm just going to skip the race and play the pick four. I get it. I completely get it. But you also, if you beat the night in this race, I think you can get a price here, Paul. And there's enough precocity with some of these horses, like the 11 potentially, where you could start with like a 7, 8 to 1 to start a difficult pick 5 and really be alive. So it's going to be interesting, guys. Let's move on to the uh, next race as I go and pull it up on the screen right now. Here we go, guys. Now we've got three win in your ends. Three win in your ends for the Breeders' Cup on Friday at Keeneland. Here's the first one. It's the Stoll. Uh, Keenan, Ogden, Phoenix Stakes, grade two. I have a story about this race, which I'll tell in just a few minutes. Six furlongs for the boys, 350,000, a big field of 11. Again, this is a win and you're in. Let me go ahead and take the banners off and bring up the next race. There's the banners for the next race right there. We are all over the place in this race. The Moorline favorite is the number seven, Bango Foley. And Gaffleon, as I bring you guys back on screen, of all the races we're going to handicap today, I think my strongest opinions are in this race. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to reasons why, but I'll let you, well, listen, Paul, I could be wrong. I could be right. Who the hell knows? But uh, by the way, speaking of being right, uh, we're all right and wrong. More than looks last weekend at Churchill. Wow. Winning, the, winning that three-year-old turf race, that was very, very impressive, Paul and Pete. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw that, but yep. wow. Look great. Just my style too, rolling from off the pace. Oh. Just my just my style. And guys, uh um Patrick Kunzel and I were there at Keeneland that day. Actually, we were all there that weekend. That was the race that was supposed to run, and the thunderstorm came, it didn't stop raining, and then eventually or was that or, yeah, I was there. They eventually did not run that race, or they stopped the card, if I recall that day. So anyway, more than looks was looked great in the pack that day and ran a big race on Saturday at Keeneland. Anyway or sorry, at, at Churchill. Here's the race, guys. There's a lot of things to talk about here. Uh, Pete, we're going to go to you first. You've got the uh, four, who I have absolutely nowhere, which is fascinating. And Paul's got this horse second. So maybe I'm missing something. Gulfstream way for Norm Cassie and Santana. Hit it, Pete. 
honestly, I, I, I didn't, tr I don't trust most of the horses in this race. And I, and I thought the only thing with Gulfstream way, and I'm looking for a price, and this is another one where I could go pretty deep if the, if the budget allowed for it, but with Gulfstream way, the couple things that I liked were, I, I liked the, some tactical ability. So should be able to sit hopefully pretty close to the pace and then get either first run or at least pounce and, and be in the mix. I like the fact that this horse is improving. If you look back at the prior trainer when it was under Rachel Sells, was just you know, pretty awful. Then you get the trainer switch. Cassie picks this horse up, and it's an immediate turnaround. And then two, like two and three back, you paired up buyer tops, which we like. Got the improvement in the last one. Was right on Bango, who's obviously is the favorite. I think the favorite. We said right. Bango was right on Bango. Has run well with. Santana, Santana and Cassie have some excellent stats together. Now it's a very much, it's a pretty big class jump. Obviously that class jump last time into the 300 K stakes was a big one. And I, I thought he met that pretty well. And I thought it put him right in the mix. So at a price where I really don't care that much, I think Bango's vulnerable away from Churchill. I figure I'll take an eight to one shot in a race where I think it's pretty wide open. Yeah, I listen. I have zero arguments for anything you said, Pete. I, I definitely think you should go somewhat price shopping in this race. And I always want to point out our new people in the chat. Uh, Jeannie Rhett, Jeannie, welcome to the show. Jeannie likes Tammy Lynn in that last race, lock it in the nine horse. Jeannie, thanks for joining the show. Don't be a stranger. And we love our, especially our, fem our female viewers as well and, and, and chatters. So thanks, Jeannie. We got Bedry's back, guys. Bedry, Oakday is here. What's up, Bedry? How you doing? Um, you sort of agree, Paul. You've got this horse second. Listen, he's improving. He just he almost beat Bango. If you think Bango is a factor, which you guys do, what's wrong with this horse at eight to one? And I got a feeling you might get more than eight to one guys on Saturday. I really do with this horse. I'm thinking yeah, double digits, I, Paul. I, I think this race is begging for a horse that's on the improve. You know, I, I think there's a lot of several horses in here with back numbers. I ended up picking the one. Uh, we could talk about him later. Uh, you know, Bango is just unbeatable at Churchill, but you know what? Really hasn't run. He's over for 2 at Keeneland, but uh, he has run okay at other places, and he really, really is in form. But, you know, this horse, and, and this horse, as you point out, but if we think Bango is going to be the favorite, Bango's 5-2 to two in the morning line. This horse lost to him by a head and is 8-1. to one. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that uh, – uh, Pete mentioned the combo of Cassie and Santana. I just think this race is begging for a horse that it could emerge. Uh, I didn't pick him. I believe I picked him second, but uh, he'll be squarely in the middle of my action. You're going with Hoist the Gold. This is a very talented but inconsistent four-year-old called by Mineshaft, and I'll let you talk about him. I'm assuming, well, actually, I don't know if you think he's going to come from off the pace. In my personal opinion, his best chance is to come from off the pace. He's going to save ground. He's got JR. There's some definitely things to like. I don't like three for 23, though, Paul. I just want to mention that. No, the three for 23, and, you know, you got to just hope. And, and I will say Delmar is one of those tracks that uh, we've talked about this, I think, already before, but – one of those tracks that some horses just don't like it. And if you don't believe me, look at Arrogate's PPs. Right. Um, so if you take those two, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that's the, the case with this horse. 
you know, other than that, I mean, the Met Mile, forget the Met Mile. He's in a mile over his head. But ran second to Cody's Wish at Churchill. I saw that race. He ran very well. Ran second by a neck in the Commonwealth back at Keeneland in the spring. You know, again, uh, this is a class pick for me. Um, and I, I don't think he's going to be 8-1. to one, But uh, I think with his back class and, uh, as you point out, Johnny V., I get like five to one on this horse. I'm I'm willing to roll the dice. Back to back, okay. nice works too, Paul. Back to those last two. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, uh, Paul, you were you were lauding the praises of Hoist the Gold and didn't see the comment on the bottom of the screen from Matt Miller. Paul sees those Cody wish lines, the PPs, <laughs> and the story all automatically yeah. going to Hoist the Gold. Guys, yeah. here's well, my. Yeah. Oh, go True. ahead. No, no, that's fair. Guys, here's my opinion. I'm going full screen just for emphasis. I looked at this race, and I saw horses that are low mooring lines, which I agree with, by the way, with, from Nick Tamro, that I don't like. Bango is unbelievable. He's a Breeders' Cup horse at Churchill. He's good outside of that, but not great. I just have our time. He's going to transfer that same kind of effort to Keeneland. Sibelius, the number three. Let's talk about some other horses we haven't mentioned yet. Sibelius is fast. Uh, was fast. I don't know what to expect from him. He he was unbelievable in, in the winter, and now he's gone off the rails and he's off a layoff. I don't know. There's Bango. Well, the, we, uh, Howard, he might uh, – some horses don't recover from the, the Dubai yeah. trip. No, and, they don't. And this guy looks like one of them. Right. Here's Bango, who's honest, but, you know, can win, but I don't want him at 5-2. to two. I mean, I don't know. He's much better. Nakatomi guy is going to take a lot of money, but here's the thing, and Pete, you've got him second. Paul, you don't win in the mix. Um First of all, if the track comes up dry, he's not nearly as good. He's much better when it's wet, number one. Number two, he's much better guys going seven, in my opinion. I just he doesn't get there going six. So this horse is Irad, it's it's Wesley Ward, it's Nakatomi. He's not gonna be four to one. It's gonna be three to one, five to two. I I I don't like this horse at all going six in this spot. So what did I do? I'm trying to find the now horse, like you said, Paul. To me, the, non, the, the now horse is, is this one. I'm going with the Minnesota bread. The Minnesota bread, Dr. Oscar. Yeah, sure, I love Canterbury Park, guys. I mean, I'm yeah. a little bit biased. I get it. But here's what I did, guys. I uh, had a little conversation. Oh, I'm a little blurry. Sorry. But I had a little conversation with a lot of people at Canterbury. Tim Padilla, the trainer of Dr. Oscar. Let me go full screen. The plan all along, guys, was to come here after he had that monster 102 buyer. So even in July... They are planning going to this race. They're bringing in Quinones, who's an excellent jockey, who rides this horse. Now, look, I understand it's a step up in class, and it's not Canterbury. I get all that. Guys, this horse is fast. I mean fast. And the other fast horses are coming off of layoffs or used to be good or blah, blah, blah. Guys, if Dr. Oscar breaks and gets the lead or is just outside the lead versus some, I think, some questionable horses – I see no reason why this horse can't win. I didn't think he'd be seven to two. I thought Nick would put him more like six to one, eight to one. I get it. This horse is very, very live to me. I really like Doc, Dr. Oscar. I think this is the speed of the speed, guys. I think this horse is really, and he's been an open company before. I mean, he almost beat Sibelius guys at Tampa in the, in, in the winter. It's not like he hasn't faced good horses. That's my top choice. I mean, well, it's seven to two, so it's shot. not, you, you know, it's seven to two. So it's not right. like you're, you're not breaking ground here, but yeah, no. I think the toughest part is 
he has to get the lead. If he doesn't get the lead, he doesn't pass horses. He loses ground. Every time he's not on the lead, he loses ground. And that was my biggest concern because there are other fast horses inside of him, but he is to the outside. So he, from the outside, he gets to dictate, does he want to try and rush up and clear if he can? Great. Right. I mean, if he gets to the lead, he's hard to catch, man. Um, Padilla's never even hit the board with a horse at Keeneland, but this is probably the yeah. best one he's oh. brought, I assume, by Absolutely. far. So you can throw I, that out. out. But, you know, it's always something to mention because it is coming from, you know, when he did go to, when he did take Dr. Oscar to Oaklawn, <laughs> he couldn't win. He won at Tampa, but he struggled a little bit even at Tampa for the most part, aside yeah. from the one win. So I guess there's questions which make sense with a horse that's classing up like this, but this field kind of stinks. You know, it's not a great two race. It's not the best field. And it's, I like it's the not fact a great two. I like the fact that they brought him down and worked him over Keeneland's uh, uh, strip this week. I like that too. Real quick, because I'm going a little long-winded here. I think Maniwa is fascinating, guys. I'm surprised you don't have this horse anywhere. Wayne Catalan knows how to win this race. Uh, two years ago, I was sitting literally right next to him uh, in this race when he had um, – the Maniwa actually won this race last year, but – Two years ago, he had a horse called Aloha West. Remember that horse? Aloha West, who won the Breeders' Cup. I was sitting right next to Catalano, broke his heart. He, like, slammed his hand against the railing when he lost by an inch. Uh, but he ended up going to the Breeders' Cup anyway and, redeem- and you know, was very happy a month later. This horse is great off layoffs, Pete. I know that's something you talk about a lot, you know, when you look at layoffs. Go back and look at Maniwa. Great off layoffs. There's plenty of speed. I know he's seven. He's pointed to this race. Lannery knows how to save ground. I think he's very interesting here. Those are my two top choices. Uh, we're going to move on. I'm just against the Nakatomis and the Bangos and the obvious horses, and you guys sort of are too. It's a, it's a fun race. Yeah, it's an, it's a tough one. I mean, it's a, it's a tough you, race. Sure. I, I would, I'll tell you one thing. If Tim Padilla was planning on coming to this race three months ago, he could yeah. not have planned on getting a relatively easier field than he got. I think so. Yeah. Paul, you're a historian, right? You're pretty pretty well read when it comes to horse racing. Would you agree? I'm more well written than I'm well read, but go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And Pete, Pete hates these kind of questions. <laughs> no, just kidding. Pete, Pete likes history too. Here's a question, guys. Dr. Oscar is a Minnesota bred, right? I did a little research. How many Minnesota breds have run in a Breeders' Cup race? Not one, have run in a Breeders' Cup race. A, how many Minnesota breds? What would be your guess? Paul, two, three, 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 Pete, two, everyone at home. How many Minnesota breads have run in the Breeders' Cup? This is the 40th. This is the year 40. I think this is the 40th year of the Breeders' Cup. I'm going to let some comments come in. How many Minnesota breads have run in a Breeders' Cup race? Because if the doctor makes a house call on Friday, guys, we're going to see a Minnesota bread in the Breeders' Cup. I see one, one, zero. No idea from the uh, well-spoken, well-read, well-written uh, main focus. Eight, Michael Austin says. I'm going to take the under on Michael's. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the under on Mike's. On Mike's half? yes. Does that say one half for Penn State? <laughs> it Scott? means it was. Scr- it means he was scratched. <laughs> uh, or was or was eased and never finished. The answer. The bread. One. The horse was named Bully, ran in the juvenile Phillies. It was, of course, it was only dirt then. In 1992 at Gulfstream, 
Train, get this, Paul. Minnesota, Brad, 1992. Trained by Angel Penna Jr. How about that? Oh. And not only that, guys, this Minnesota Brad Bully with a B never actually ran a Canterbury. So there you go. A little, little trivia. Mm-hmm. Well, where did, where did the horse finish? You're burying the lead here. Where I, did I, the I thought horse I said finish? finished ninth. Oh, I didn't did hear I you say, say that. Sorry. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. She, she finished. Because that's important. That's important. Which is, which is, as, which is higher than this guy will finish if he gets in this show. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we want him in there. With the he can, he can knock name. heads with. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. No, that? no. I was going to say we we want them. He's got some speed. He can knock heads with Echo Zulu and and. Oh and yeah, he'll de- he'll definitely be keeping up with Echo Zulu. <laughs> Uh, the winner, by the way, 92, was a horse named Eliza for the Paulsons, for Alan Paulson. Uh, anyway, there you go. That that race was at Gulfstream. I even watched the replay just, just out of curiosity. All right, guys, let's move on here. Let's move on to the next race. The Phoenix is a great race. The next race, another win in your end, guys. Race eight, the Jasmine. Boy, this race, oof, oof. very difficult. Grade two for the girls on the turf. Mile is 16th. 350,000 field of 11 morning line favorite is the number two time to dazzle who lived up to her name in her only uh, race. This is for Cassie and Saez. Wow. Was this horse very impressive in debut? Let's see who went with time to dazzle. I did. And that was it. Okay. Let's go to Pete first. Pete, you're going with the 10. Uh, uh, Buchu, Buchu, Bucho. I'd have to Listen to the replay yeah. to get the. I name. didn't. I, I I watched the replays and I didn't listen to the name. Obviously. All right, off the right for uh, Bauer and Garcia. Hit it, uh, Pete. What do you like about the ten? Yeah, this was a tough one. I had I had seven A's as I walked through this one the first what time. The, so oh wait, hold on, hold, hold on. Well, a a is different than <laughs> oh, a, a is oh, different you got than, up here. Six A's, seven A's. Make a decision. No, what the a is a is different <laughs> than you think about it though. A to me is oh, who okay, are the horses ahead. I potentially could put on. Who are the horses I really think have a realistic shot to win the race? Not like a B, not a C. This is like okay. here's my. I think this horse has a good shot to win this race. That's how I handicapped the first run through. So okay. I had seven on the on the first I'm line. Just kidding. So. I'm, I'm giving no, you no. That. I just Obviously, I want to make sure that, that it's, it's it's a different term than we generally use it though okay. on on here. Tell me, this um, horse was really good last time. I honestly didn't watch the replay, but uh, I mean, one by four of the seventy buyer. I mean, it was awesome. Well, if you watch, so anytime we like a horse that so in, in, in the debut was okay on dirt, then they tried to put the horse on turf and it was Saratoga. So it came off the turf. I'm surprised they even ran, but did, and, and again, didn't run poorly. Then they put the horse on the turf. And if you watch the race two back, it was a train wreck. I mean, the horse was knocked around, was shuffled back, just was, was sort of climbing and was completely uncomfortable the whole time and had taken money. But I th- and it was on a good track too. So there was so many things went wrong. Two back comes back in the next one again. Takes some money even off that sort of clunker, and then just rolls the field. And not whether it was a great field or not, but just the fact that I mean, and it was only it wasn't that long ago. It was the twenty third of September, but just looked super impressive. Rolled by, you know, ran like you know a quality horse is supposed to. So I'm looking at that race thinking. Okay, if that's the real horse and the one two back was just way too much trouble for this horse to deal with, then I think that last one, if can take a step forward off that, then I think she's got a huge shot here. And again, she's four to one. So I'm not, you know, again, I'm not breaking ground here, but I just really like that last one. And I thought the two back was very excusable. 
I th- I'm using her. I'm concerned about the week and a half turnaround. That is a very quick turnaround. That's quick. It's quick. But yeah. that means the trainer's confidence too, though, right? Obviously. That's what I think. I mean, and and two-year-old turf roots, 36%. I don't think it was a huge sample size for Phil Bauer. 73% in the money. So it's something he's comfortable with too. So yeah, yeah hopefully he knows what he's doing. Obviously, this is a, you know, this could be a this could be a stepping stone for this is going to be a stepping stone for the Breeders' Cup. So trying to get get this horse ready and get this horse in. And I think that last one just puts right puts her right in the mix. And uh, I will be covering the Juvenile Turf Phillies race for our Breeders' Cup package. So obviously I'm going to be watching this race very, very uh, carefully. Paul, I thought this race was really tough. And I thought there was a lot of speed in this race. And that will lead into my picks in just a second. Let's talk about your first pick. You're going with Crown Imperial who did show the ability to close at your favorite track, Kentucky Downs, in the untappable. It was only a $500,000 stake at Kentucky Downs. She's by Classic Empire. It's a very interesting breeding out of a congrats Philly. So this is really, which is congrats is more sprinty. Very interesting breeding here. Got a 73 buyer. You're going with a little bit of a price. Yeah, uh, amidst waves, Howard is the horse. We'll we'll know how Shad's look oh, yeah. Sunday because amidst yep. waves, beat yep. this horse twice and and once very close by a nose in that Bolton landing up at Saratoga. I thought that was a pretty good race. I thought this horse ran okay. I'm not surprised they started the horse on dirt because. You mentioned the breeding. If you look at the breeding, it looks a little more dirt than turf. However, you know, decent effort in the Colleen Stakes, uh, very good effort in the Bolton Landing, and came from way behind to win at Kentucky Downs. So, yeah, I, I again, the two puts up an 83. Uh, could be really, really good. That was a dream trip. If, if you if you want to talk about, you know, horses yeah, maybe was. not getting – that was a dream trick. Sat right off. Now, you know, took the lead effortlessly, effortlessly extended, didn't do anything wrong. But if if you're into dream trips, the, the two got one last time. Uh, I'm going to bet that he doesn't get another one. And, and, and I thought the one smooth ways, uh, smooth waves, not to be confused with amidst waves, who's running yes. on Sunday. Uh, I thought smooth waves ran uh, very well uh, in the, Kentucky Downs race last time. So, yeah, I, I went with the four as a bit of a price here. I think uh going to probably have to move forward a little bit off that 73, but certainly reasonable for a two-year-old. We're watching Time to Dazzle. This is the two-horse, and, yeah, she got a dream trip. There's no doubt about it, but, boy, she really strides out well, guys, and I, I like the confidence that they're bringing her down here. Um, I'm not really proud of this pick because it's not a very original but I was trying to find some originality guys and something sort of out of the box and unusual. And there's a lot of horses guys that have been sprinting or seem to want to sprint and have show a lot of speed. And I just thought Sai is going to sit a great trip and Cassie's bringing her down. And I just think she could be very tough to beat. My crazy idea here, guys, is the number three moonlight gamble. Now, as I meant, I didn't know this horse is going to be 30 to one. Like I said, there's a ton of speed in here. There's just everyone's got speed. Smooth waves has speed. Uh, Crown Imperial will be off the pace for sure. Um, this five has got speed. The six has got speed. The seven's got speed. The eight's got speed. The nine, probably not. The 10, more tactical. The 11's got speed. It just felt like guys, there's a lot of speed. And I'm looking for a horse that can close. I think this horse, Moonlight Gambler, 
30 to 1. Send love this in. horse. I love reverse this horse, key, Howard. Reverse key trifecta. I have I have it I have it I have it marked as a play already. Oh, go ahead, uh, Pete. Go ahead. No, I'm with you. No, you you're you you could say it. I'm just saying I have it right. I have it as the same play. I have it as the I, I don't know about the win end, but I think I, I at 30 to 1, I love the reverse key for sure. Totally agree. Okay, fine. 43 first time out. Close like a train into a slow pace. It was her first race against a, a horse that came back and won. Next time at Kentucky Downs, uh you know, got a decent trip, lost to Pharaoh's wine. It wasn't that fast. It was a very slow second quarter and a slow third quarter. My feeling is the breed. Look at the breeding, guys. Malibu Moo and the Boys. I look at Treasured Up. Treasured Up, the dam was turf and long. That is what this horse wants to do. Again, you know, the, the sibling's nothing special, to be very honest. But the, uh, the dam, Treasured Up, turf and long, AP Indy out of with the Malibu Moon. This horse wants to go long. This horse wants to close. This horse had a month off, guys. She's been working well. She's going to be, she might be 30 to 1. I don't know if she's going to win, Pete. I totally agree with you. I don't know how Paul feels, but I think Moonlight Gambler is fascinating, at least underneath. And I have this horse as an A right now because um, if it's not the two, it could be a lot of horses. And if they go fast, why not this one? I, I just, I'm very intrigued with this horse. I really am. Uh, I, had, and, I had as an A. I had as an A as well, but more, I, more as I, I think it would take a lot for this horse to win. I think it would have to I be a agree. complete meltdown, most likely. Which there's enough speed for that to be possible, but I, definitely underneath and definitely a horse to play. It, whether you Absolutely. reverse key it or just even if you just include the horse, if you're playing sort of a couple on top with a few in second and third, I would do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably use her as a B, but I'm definitely using her in tries, guys. And you know what? I might even throw her in a super in fourth. Why the hell not? Why I'm going to key the source big time in second, very big time in third, and hope to get lucky in other spots. Let's go to the penultimate leg here, race nine. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. This is one of the bigger ones of the day. I mean, another win in your in. It's the Alcibiades, uh, grade one. Uh, nine horse field, $600,000 for the boys. This is a, or excuse me, the girls, excuse me. Wow, I apologize. This is for the girls. This is a prep for the juvenile Phillies dirt race, of course, uh, next month at Santa Anita. The Moyline favorite, there's two powerhouses here. Number seven, undefeated, bright work for um, Ortiz and the Ortiz, uh, not the brothers though, not not related. And the other one is Vivi's Dream for McPeak and Brian Hernandez. It's very hard for us to get past these two. We've all got these horses one, two. Paul, why bright work over Vivi's Dream, in your opinion? Well, she's undefeated. Uh, you know, she is going around two turns for the first time. So the the, the ghost of Javi Pack you have to deal with. However. You know, there are people who thought Ways and Means was the best or going to be the best two-year-old filly. And, yes, Ways and Means got a bad start in that race. But you know what? Had the entire length of the stretch to run this horse down. And this horse beat her fair and square. I think this horse is really good. I agree that the five looks tough. And, you know, you might. The five, you could argue, and maybe you will argue, has a little bit of an edge because it's run a mile, and this horse has only run seven. So, 
you know, this has to has to go not only around two turns, but further it has to go from seven furlongs out to a mile on the 16th. But the other thing I like, Howard, this horse, this is his fifth, her fifth career race and her thir- already run at three different racetracks. So she's, she's shown versatility. Uh, she was just magnificent in the two races at Saratoga. Uh, I think she's the leader in the division until someone beats her. I would have thought that way. I was really looking forward to Ways and Means getting another crack at her because I think Ways and Means probably would have been bet as much or more, and I would have bet this horse. So, look, we talk about it all the time. If you're playing a caveman, don't use the five and seven. Pick one and cut your ticket in half, and if you lose, you lose. I went with the seven. I, I certainly could see the five. Uh, breeding, any concern at all going two turns? Uh, you see Clarendon Fancy, who is the dam, average wing distance, a little more sprinty. Siblings, uh, quite company, okay. Turf, a little bit two turns. Really not much to go on. You just have to go on Faith. But, I mean, she's she's incredibly good and fast. So, uh We'll, we'll see. Uh, she's very good, obviously. Uh, and, and if she handles the two turns, Paul, how about this horse versus the uh, Beholder Philly? What kind of that would be? A, what kind Tamara. of that Yeah, that that would be good Friday. Breeders' Cup Friday. I think we'll see that. Pete and I are saying let's stop talking about break work because VB's dreams would win this race. I mean, Pete, of course, I agree with you. Paul sort of touched on at least what my thought. I like the fact that she already went a mile. She did get a good trip. I didn't like the field in behind her, but she got an 88. She's worked well since. For McPeak to bring this horse back this quickly, Pete, to me shows a lot of confidence because McPeak doesn't usually do this, bring this horse back. She did have a long break before the Pocahontas. She's got breeding on the dam side with Tappet. I just, I, I respect Brightwork a lot, and Brightwork can obviously win. I'm going to go with the minor upset, and so are you. Yeah, I, mostly everything you said. I think you're taking the shot because I assume Bright Work will get, even though Vivi's Dreams last race looks pretty impressive as well. You assume Bright Work will get even bet down from that nine to five, I would imagine. So if you can get a little bit more of a price on Vivi's Dream, who I think, I just think the extra distance is more up her alley than it is bright work. Not saying bright work can't get the distance. Bright work might just be great even stretching out, but I think Vivi's dream, I, I, if, if it would have been coming right off the loss to bright work, then you may be questioning it a bit, but coming back, running the mile, stretching out and doing it super impressively. And again, I don't care as much if you beat a not great field, if you do it pretty handily. And she did it handily and she demolished that field. So at least in that case, I don't worry about whether it was a lot of good horses behind or not. Hey, Pete, I got a, we, we got a sidetrack guys. Do we see who's in the chat? Mr. Bernier. Our good friend, hey, Mr. Look at that. Bernier, Matt. Hey, what's up, Matt? How you doing from FanDuel? Matt, thanks for uh, joining us here in the live chat. He likes Emery quite a bit. Emery is a, a Cox Philly uh, by more than ready out of a street sense mare. With Gaffleone and Stone Street, uh, th- this horse ran huge last time in the mud. Has been working very well. I see no reason why Emery cannot win. I've got her underneath, but uh, what do you guys think about Matt's pick, Emery? Should we watch the replay? As uh, let's well, somebody somebody said in the chat, Emery is not running. I don't know oh. where that's coming. Okay, well we'll watch the replay anyway. She's yeah, just in case. Maybe Emery's running in New York. Where would she be running? 
I'm not sure. I don't know. Running. But anyway, Emery's on the outside here in the Stone Street in the slop, and I'm assuming I actually didn't watch this replay, but uh, actually it says muddy. Got a perfect trip and just rolled and won easily. Uh, do we know where Emery's running? If she's not running, it says uh, they just said fire in the chat. Just said running at Aqueduct. I'm not sure oh. where or, but okay, they would be in the uh, uh, what, what's the what's the two year old girl uh, the um, not the Demoiselle. The, is it the Gazette? Uh, I don't know what the, what's the name of that race, uh, Paul. I'm checking now. All right, to see where she's entered. It might be tomorrow. They've got some stakes tomorrow, also, but I think it's Saturday. Anyway, there is yeah, Emmy right there. She's not entered. She's only entered uh, at this point. She's only entered in this race. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt Bernier is going to go with uh, Emery. Guys, I want to quickly talk about my long shot, Alpine Princess. This is similar to my pick in the last race. There's a lot of speed. And I think, did you see the breeding? I, I, Paul, I thought you might like this horse a little bit. Did we see the breeding on Alpine Princess? Uh, let's we see. did. Classic Empire. Oh, boy. There there he is. Curlin on the damn side, Paul. This horse wants to run all day. And was she wide? I mean, she was really wide. She's She's slower. Right now. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're not going to watch the whole replay. But this four was in the parking lot, guys. Let's watch it. I like the fact that it's seven. She's right here in, like, the light blue. Look how wide she's got to go, guys, in this race. And it was it was a decent field. Nikias is a decent horse. Look at, look at, I mean, she look how wide she is, guys. She's really wide. And so she doesn't get, like, the best number, which is obvious because she lost a lot of ground. I like the way she ran these down. She's not as talented as the others right now, but I think she wants all of two turns. She's been working well. I like her grit and determination. This is sort of my Matt Bernier kind of fuzzy pick, a horse that's just coming off a, a win uh, in a maiden. Looks slow, but, you know, it's been working very well, guys. Look at that, 59-2, and two, breezing at Churchill. Alpine Princess, the six is my sort of upset special. And Matt, thank you, Matt. The Frisette. Uh, is, is that horse in the Frisette? Maybe someone can look that up. Is that Saturday? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, they, they won't enter until tomorrow, which is oh, why she know. wouldn't show up in the entries. Okay. Tom Espinosa. Hey, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Tom hopes I'm right. Alpine Princess. Guys, I think if you beat one of those two, if you beat Brightwork or uh, v uh, Vivi's Dream, this pick five is going to be, I mean, what, 90% of the tickets are going to have those two or 85%, whatever it's going to oh, be, easy. right? Yep. So if you beat that, if you beat those two, wow. Um, all right, let's go to the last race, guys. Let me take the banners off the screen as we're coming up on the golden one hour mark. By the way, ton, ton of people watching live. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please smash that like button. We got 18. Really? We have hundreds of people watching live. We have 18 likes. Well, maybe they don't like it. Maybe they're yeah. just watching. Who says maybe they they're, like maybe it? They're, maybe they're hate watching. Yeah, they could be hate watching. Yeah, that's nice. something. Well, hey, I'd rather hate watching than not watching at all. Still counts uh, as a watch, watch for us. Yeah, we'll take but, it. By the way, Howard, I just did a quick run. McPeak starting horses on two to four weeks, and this is right in the middle, three weeks. He's done it in the last five years like 922 times. So not that's unusual. Okay. Yeah. So I should worry less. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's. Well, no, you just shouldn't say he doesn't typically do it. That's all. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, I don't. I, I doubt he does it with two year olds. Matt, Matt Miller. Matt Miller's getting carpal tunnel syndrome from hitting the like button. 
<laughs> said you can only smash it once. Wait, if you hit it a second time, it actually takes away your like. So Matt, don't do it. Matt, do it. And I here's a math. Here's a math. This is a math thing, Matt. Okay, Matt Miller at home, you listening? Because Matt with numbers is a little shaky, right? If you hit, yeah, right. if you if if you hit the like button an odd number of times, we're all good. Because if it's an even number of times, it goes back to where it started. There you go. So, what if he and, goes to his neighbor's house and does it on their computer? <laughs> sure, why not? Just go knock ahead. on people's doors and say, excuse me, can you log into this podcast on YouTube so I could smash the like button? Yeah, I'm sure that'll yes. go over well with the neighborhood. Yeah. That, that, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be yeah. too weird. Um, okay. Oh, we got another viewer here. Paul uh, Colin or Colin or Conlin, excuse me. Paul Looks Conlin. Like North Dakota? All in Notre Dame. Wow, North, North Dakota. Dakota, North Dakota, right? North Dakota, it's got to be. Sorry, Paul. Paul, North Dakota. I love it. What what tracks are in North Dakota? What's your favorite? He track, must Paul? like the he must like the Canterbury bread, the Canterbury horse. No, not too far. Have, they have a track in North Dakota. I cannot remember the name. Save my life. But but Paul mentioned it. Paul, thanks for joining the show from North Dakota. I love it. Let's bring some more people in here. Okay. Uh, oh wait, Matt Miller chimed in. He took your advice and clicked a third time. <laughs> thanks, Matt. All right, appreciate it. Oh, wait a minute. Look at Paul. See you. Paul, it's going to be at Keeneland on Saturday. Wow. Paul, nice. hit me, Paul, if you're on Twitter, uh, hit me up on, with a DM, Paul Conlin. I'd love to meet you. Buy you. I hear there's some pretty good bourbon guys at Keeneland. That's the rumor. And not only that, North? Paul, I'm, I'm looking to one food at Keeneland. You know what it is, Paul. I think you know. Oh, at least the life. bread pudding. Uh, I am not a bread pudding guy, but I got to tell you, it was really good. <laughs> It was that really good. is crack cocaine. That bread pudding is so damn That's good. good. Well, Paul, I look forward to seeing you at Keeneland again. Uh, email me, Paul, or hit me up with the DM, and I will like North North Dakota Horse Park. By the way, I just found. There we go. That's right. There we go. North we'll we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that on one. Of, we'll do a special episode when when they're back in session. We'll we'll do a <laughs> the next meet live. We'll do a special episode live. Okay, I love it. If that that'd be Bismarck is the capital, I believe, right? I believe so. Ding Bismarck. ding 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 ding. There we go. Sounds I was right. very good at ge- I was very good at geography. I was one of those kids that like knew all the US capitals cities like before the other kids in the class. And South Dakota? Pierre. Wow. Nice work. Hats good thing off. I wasn't in your class, so you would have been finishing second. <laughs> all right. Let's let's go on to the last race of the day. Boy, we're having fun tonight. Race 10, allowance race, one mile, turf, 120K, big field of 12. Uh, Paul, are there any also eligibles in this race? Yes. What? We need oh, a scratch. Dracon. Paul Dracon. partially owns Dracon. What a great win last time, Paul. The, it kicked my ass in the pick five, but I couldn't have been happier for you. 21, 21 to one. That was a very, very good day. <laughs> Paul, is there any chance, rumors we hear that one of the horses – might have a little bit of an ankle issue or might get the sniffles or something <laughs> and Dracon's going to get in. Yeah. I've heard some rumors in the chat. Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of averages says that one of the 12 will scratch, although places like Keeneland, you know, running for 120, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. it's probably 50-50 at best. And, you know, the, the other thing is now you get in and you're in the 12, so which is no bargain. But you know what? That was exactly the scenario that happened at Saratoga. He was he was on the far outside, twelve out of twelve, and uh, you know, and Santana 
comes back. So anyway, look at uh, eight to one, getting some respect from Nick Tamaro as well. There he is. There's the big boy. Show the replay. Right I'll tell you what. He there he, is. he he ran he ran the sauce down. This is legit. He did. He ran down Fredo too. So Pete, I don't he know broke his heart. He broke his heart. Italian. Well, he broke his heart. Fredo was yeah. you know, Fredo was a traitor. So you know it's all right. <laughs> right. You can run Fredo down. <laughs> Um, honestly, if he gets it though, it's a tall task, Paul. To be very, which yeah, this is a tougher field, you know. Oh, it's always moving up from one to two. Yeah, the 10 yeah. looks very, very tough. Although, to the shards point, you know, a 90 is is there's like four horses in the race out of the 12 who have higher than a 90. So, number wise, the 90, you know, fits definitely a yeah. tough task, but not, you know. Numbers-wise, not totally unreasonable. And I'll tell you another thing, and we got to talk about other horses other than this horse, but look at the bad – two races down, yielding the horse. He wants no pot. They were going to scratch him that day. They probably should have. That's a bad race. Take that one out. First, second, first, second, first, second, second, first. Then go back to the race before that, off the turf. He wants no pot of the dirt. And then you, you you're all the way down to a fourth on the lead. So on firm turf, he's pretty good. That was Dracone that that Paul was talking. You about see that about. buyer, the buyer since the since moving to Diodoro, the buyer's gone up every single race too. That's kind of crazy. There you go, usually, Pete. Let's go, Pete. Let's, let's do go. It. You know what though? The only race that you named it, the only race that was a clunker was the one we were at Saratoga when I actually needed the horse to win, and he and, and he didn't run. Yeah, us. that was but that, that, my... that was the day. Yielding was that was being and, kind. By the and way, and I don't I don't remember you saying when we were at the track that they were going to scratch the horse. I don't remember that little nugget coming out. So I'll just, you know, we'll let that go, though. <laughs> I, I really like Golden Alchemist here, guys. And I like this horse a lot. I would be tempted to single this horse yeah. in the pick five if I had to. Ran a 90 off the layoff at Kentucky Downs. Before that, was only two lengths off of a manual and win from within. Two real nice horses, guys, in the Tampa Bay. I think that is a four-year-old improving for Chad and I, Rad. Slightly concerned about the post, but he's got some tactical speed, guys, in a race that does not have a lot of speed in it. I think Golden Alchemist has the upside. I think it's a future well to say I was gonna say future stake horse. That's stupid. He only ran in a stake. I really like the upside of this horse. If they can keep him healthy and obviously he's had some issues guys because he was off since February. I think Golden Alchemist is going to be really tough in this spot, especially if it's firm, which it should be. The horse I want to talk about you, Pete, who you have actually you have a source second. Uh, I think it's pronounced buoys. Who, by the way, was only beat um, um, your horse, Paul, uh, uh, by a little bit, two starts back. I think Bowie's is better on the wet uh, turf. At least that's what it looks like. He's European bred. He's French bred. He's run two bang up races, but they are both on turf that's had some give in it. I don't know how much it, it depends on the rain Thursday. To me, Pete. I upgrade this horse big time if it rains more Thursday than I think, or if the turf is good. If they don't get a lot of rain, I downgrade this horse. He can win anyway, but to me, the surface means a, a lot for buoys, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree, and that's sort of why I, I put the horse in second. I, it was more of a second just because I think I just really kind of like the horse. I like the way 
I like the way he runs. I just think he's, I just think he's quality. And I mean, the, the yep. clunker back there was three back when it was just a little too far back. And there was a pretty decent horse. He was, he was trying to run into up to the mark that we didn't know was as good as he was going to be <laughs> at that point. But <laughs> that was, and again, it's always weird when you have a turf horse that you think gets a little bit better after they leave Chad. That's always a, a fun circumstance. But yeah. again, I, I'd sort of downgraded. I'm with Matt Bernier in the chat, by the way, if you want to put that one up, Let's I, I like, uh, I like how he's thinking right here on the, on this one horse, man, Pat's, uh, Matt's been watching the show for a while here, guys. I, I am thoroughly uh, impressed. Thanks Matt for joining us for this long. Uh, he likes the, let's talk about the one. This is not only, the wonderful let's take him off the screen there not only pete's pick but matt bernier's pick so hell gotta pay attention johnny's fireball with an unusual one n for johnny i don't know if you guys noticed that a little bizarre mm -hmm. um what has he done wrong absolutely nothing he's got the rail he's gonna save ground it's gonna be a price you know matt loves to go after some uh price shopping and he's usually very good at it tell us why johnny's fireball is gonna upset this field pete well, yeah, and he's one of those that's got some, you know, he's got some muddy, he's got a little bit of muddy form because he's bounced around from surface to surface and even distance to distance, surface to surface. So the form's a little muddy. On the turf, though, it's been pretty strong. Two back, that was a, that, that was a pretty impressive race, although he was, you know, setting pretty slow factions, fractions on a speed-favoring track. So that's not the greatest thing in the world. Moves up a little bit and is running against, in the last one, ran against Golden Alchemist yeah. and doesn't look as great great on paper but you have to watch the race was yeah, checked badly again this was the one i think that was actually really uncomfortable i was thinking it was the other horse and then was blocked in the lane but was moving and if you watch it was really okay. moving and then just ran into there were three horses in front and then at that point it was just he was done and he and he just wasn't getting there so i i think a little bit let's let's watch was it in the stretch i mean you could watch you? yeah it, you can watch the Johnny's five five versus the six is really what you want to look at here in the stretch. You said, so he gets sort of checked badly first and then okay. you could probably see that. I forget so right, yeah, sort of Johnny, right, right there. there. Yeah, you see right okay. there. So he's, so Johnny's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Now watch him run a little bit here. and look Let at him. He forward. just, you can even watch him there and he was just running sort of uncomfortably that's kind right of climbing. There. Yeah. And then you watch. He was literally lane. Pete. He was literally climbing. Literally like climbing. Bounce. Yeah, he's probably like, "What the hell is this friggin' hill I'm trying to run up right now? I don't know what he's the hell right is going on." In the red, he's right here. And Golden Alchemist is in the blue, right here. The five and six. I'll let it run through. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, and then you'll just watch here where he tries to, and Garcia tries to. Eventually, it looks like he's trying to be patient and see what he's supposed to do here. And then he doesn't. Now you see he starts hitting them here, right and then there, he just right runs there. into like right here. There's just nowhere to go, and it's it's hard to see. And then he finally gets a little bit, gets a little bit in the lane. And now watch, he starts to move a little bit, and then he's just hung up again. Blocked, and he pulls yeah. back, and he's blocked. So again, it's one right. of those where sometimes tough trips we maybe overestimate how they would have finished with a better trip, and if they would have got loose, but yeah. I'm going to take the shot at a price. Now we're getting Saez, so I'm hoping Saez will be more aggressive. If they had Garcia again, maybe I don't like him as much, but I like Saez. We got the rail, so hopefully he could work out a decent trip. And and again, Golden Alchemist is way on the outside, so maybe he can run into a little bit of trouble as the favorite. Uh, guys, I don't feel like we need too much justification for the show, but it never hurts. How about this comment from Matt Bernier? I'm listening to your show and to you guys, oh. winners. 
Now he's drinking. Now yeah, he's I was just drinking. gonna say. Yeah, I don't know how many beers is that, Matt. How many beers? He's drinking. Are you he's right either now? in a hotel in Lexington drinking, or he's up in Maine drinking. <laughs> I believe he's probably in Lexington by now. If I put the bourbon, it. put the bourbon down, Matt. You've had enough for the night. <laughs> Take a nap, Matt, Matt. We really we do. Appreciate That's the that. best. Yeah, I'll tell you, you what. Matt. If you want, if you want to get winners, guys, at a price, please listen to Matt Bernier on FanDuel. I mean, the guy consistently gives winners. And he gives them at prices. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of mine. He's just an excellent handicapper and even a better guy. Matt, we appreciate all that. Uh, Pete, are you ready for some poo-poo? I'm going to throw some poo-poo at you. I love it. Pete loves when the poo-poo is being thrown. Yeah. I'll say two things. Uh, Johnny's Fireball versus Golden Alchemist. Number one, Johnny's Fireball wasn't winning that race anyway in the stretch. Number two, Golden Alchemist is going to run even better than he ran last time because he's second off the layoff. Bam. That's not poo-poo. That's just a silly opinion that's not going to be right come Friday. Silly. That's all that is. Well, I mean, you didn't give any reasoning. You you have no reasoning. I just said he's sucking off the layoff, and he's going to run huge. And Johnny's fireball, the trouble was overrated. He wasn't winning in this stretch. What else do you want to say? People back me up in the chat. You want to go heads up, Pete? Let's go heads up with these two. You have a five to two shot. I got eight to one. You got to give me some odds at least. I'll give you a length and a half. I want odds, meaning whatever we're betting, you pay double. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it all. Two to one. That's that's all good. Two to one. It should be three, but I'll give you two. All right. (laughs) I will say, Pete, I will say this. Uh, You will definitely, regardless of where Johnny's fireball wins, I promise you'll get a better ride than you did last time. And that, that's what I'm that's all I'm hoping for. Let's make he did get in trouble, but let's call a spade a spade. That was not a good ride. No, no, no. no, that no. Was, That's no, why no. I said the, if was... <laughs> the vaunted "Let's come up the rail at Kentucky Downs" move that works yeah. out well. Yeah, <laughs> Always, he, he had, every single time. He had a lot of trouble. I, I'm partially kidding. By the way, Noah Maher in the chat as well from Benton and Boozen. The rail and turf is horrible. Hates about heads with the best of the best of Matt near. Listen, he's at Keeneland. Does Matt Noah? Have you been running out on the on the on the grass course? We call security. We got a we have got a young man, a college student, running out of the grass course, <laughs> checking it out. I didn't. I don't know if the rail's been that bad. I'll have to look at the stats. I mean, it can be bad, especially when it's wet. You don't want to be on the rail at Keeneland. I'm not sure it's really going to uh, uh, be that way on Friday. For me, the turf course is going to matter quite a bit after Thursday. It's about 60% chance and not a lot of rain, but it could rain a little bit. Guys, we're going to. By the way, Christopher D'Souza. Uh, likes the seven, and we're not gonna have time to talk about the seven. Sorry, Christopher, but that's another name as well. So, is he possibly related to Sylvester D'Souza? Is this Sylvester D'Souza's nephew, cousin, brother? I don't know. If you're wondering who the hell's that, pay attention to European racing. Sylvester D'Souza, actually, well, he's South American, but he but he rides in in Europe, or at least he used to. I'm, I'm assuming he still does. Anyway, uh, let's go on to our picks, guys. And again, Matt Bernier, thanks for joining the show. Greatly. Hey, Matt, if you're still listening, throw out a pick five for us. I mean, if you handicapped all the, the sequence, or throw us a bet, bet. Throw a Matt Bernier best bet if you're still watching, Matt, for Friday. How's that? Or for the weekend, if you've looked at Saturday. Maybe we can uh, get that before the show ends from Matt Bernier. All right, let's go to the banners guys what am i looking for oh pick five tickets here we go let's go to uh who's first i don't like mine so do paul first all right we'll go to paul (laughs) paul's uh late pick five opening day keeneland 
He is going the max one hundred dollars using Dracone. Also, does Dracone make it a hundred? Right. Yes. All right. Yes. Two, four, six, nine, twelve. With one, four, seven, eight, nine. With one, four, with seven, with nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. Paul, just off the top of your head, would you? Who would you throw in there if Dracone doesn't get in? The one, the five. You don't know yet. Oh, oh, in the last race. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, I would. Uh, I do know that. If you give me uh, ten seconds, I have the nine. I would throw in the five. Buoys. Yeah. All right. Talk about your pick five. You're singling bright work, Paul. Yeah. Well, you could say I'm singling bright work, and I'm taking a shot and going pretty thin in the race uh, prior. The race prior is the Jessamine. Uh, I have my price horse, the four, and then I went with smooth waves, the rail horse. Uh, trying to beat that two, Howard, that two that you like, who's going to be the favorite. So that's definitely a, a minefield race for me. But, you know, I, I really I think those first two are in, I think the first two and the last are really wide open. So uh, in a caveman setup, I want as much coverage as I can in those three legs. Not using Wayne Canelato and Maniwa. You know, he was going to cook something nice for you on Twitter, Paul, but now, now you, you know what? Him, I don't know. And one thing about it, how it is, you know, if, if that horse wins, you're going to get a price because he's always a price. And, uh, yep. you know, hey, the horse has won five times and he's won at 17 to one. He's won at 12 to one. He's won at nine to two. He's won at seven to one. So yeah, if he wins, you're gonna get a price. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 okay beating Manny War. That that's I'm more worried about uh, the uh, going too deep in the next race. Pete is going two nine eleven with four seven eight with two five ten with five seven with one five ten. Using using Johnny's fireball at the end there, the top choice for Pete and Matt Bernier. Eighty one bucks, Pete. Yeah, and and the problem was not singling yet in the in the um in the ninth in the Alcibiades. Yeah. yeah, so I I would probably on a caveman like Paul talked about earlier, I would probably single the five Phoebe's Dream and maybe play the seven. I would probably pay Bright Work as a as a lone B because I think the first, second, and last leg, and even the third. I thought four of the five legs you can go, you know, you could go super deep if you wanted to pick one. I mean, there were ones where. Like even the one time to dazzle. If time to dazzle doesn't win, it's wide open. Yeah. If if a couple of these horses don't win, that are then there's not huge favorites. But if the favorite doesn't win, it just feels like in almost every one of these races, it's it could get nuts. So my uh, my my theory was I'm going to put the five seven in for the purposes of this ticket, and then I couldn't really spread in the others. So I just sort of went with my top three picks in the other four legs. Okay, I like it. Um, you know, I'm looking at my ticket. I'm second guessing myself. So let me bring up the ticket I have and let me tell you what I might do differently. Because listen, you have to self-evaluate every single day. Here's my initial pick five ticket thoughts. Two, three, six, eight, nine, eleven. With two, three, eight, nine, with two, three, with five, with five, nine, ten. It's seventy-two dollars. I'm singing VV's dream. Let me ask you guys a question just in general. Whether you agree with this handicapping or not, let me ask you an important question. What I'm thinking about doing is going three deep 
in the Alcibiades because it's two-year-olds and singling Golden Alchemist in the last race because it's an older horse that is, in theory, more consistent. How do you feel about me going deeper in a two-year-old race and singling in a race with more experience? You guys even think about that at all because I do, and I might just do that on Sat on Friday. Thoughts on that ticket construction concept? I, I agree. You, I, I you, think, you're talking about going deeper in the Alcibiades or in the Jezzamine? Going deeper in, in the, the Alcibiades, going three deep in the Alcibiades, like like five, maybe throw like five, six, seven, throwing the Alpine Princess in there, or maybe throwing Mappernier's horse in there. Instead of going one by three, Paul, go three by one and just go for it with Golden Alchemist, who I think is going to run a monster race. And in theory, you can trust more than a two year old Philly going two for. Uh, two turns who's never done it before but that's my i think that's what i want to throw out to the audience there to talk about i okay i have an answer i think in theory i think that's good thinking in this sequence i don't like it only because i think the even two-year-olds or not i think there's a high likelihood either bright work or the five wins that race right and it's gonna be i but we didn't talk about the odds that much guys i think it's more like Seven to five, eight to five. I, I think those two are are both going to be under two to one, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I would, in theory, though, I'm with you. Like I'm with you in theory. Or like five to one, right? He's the next one. I'm not sure who. So anyway, I, I just want to bring that up. There's a lot of people commenting. What's your general thoughts? Let me take this off the screen. We'll end the show. General thoughts, common uh, here to end the show. Should I or should any handicapper think about the class level, the age of the horses, and single horses that are more consistent and more um, uh, uh, honest, I suppose, than singling on a flyer, even though the horse is really talented, you you don't know what they're going to do because they've never been two turns or whatever. Do you folks at home think about that? Do you have any thoughts on what you do that? Let me see what people have here. Uh, Charles B. said you can't trust a McPeak single. I'm not really sure why, but okay. He doesn't like McPeak. That's fine. Um, let's see what else here. Let's see. Matt Miller. He chimes in. I like that. If you are alive to a pick six with a strong single, you can easily hedge that with your other uh, two picks, depending on payout, which you will have the benefit of knowing. So Matt likes the idea of singling in the last race. Cause you can hedge easier, but you know what, Matt, some people don't like to hedge either. So, uh, Pete, you're not really a hedger, are you? In, in yeah, well, it depends how much. It depends how much the. It, it, I've done it before. It depends how much the payout is, and like if I'm if there's a couple horses I'm scared of, and I have like a bunch of horses and maybe a last leg to close something out, I'll put those other horses on top of mine just in case. Which I've I've done that before. Yeah. Okay, Richard. My only Richard said I should leave it because it's my original thought. Coming as a teacher, I would agree. You always go with your first thought. I just in looking at it, I don't think the nine has as good as chance as the 10 in the last race at all, now that I look at it. And I'm not playing a caveman anyway, but anyway, I really like Golden Alchemist, not because it's the last race. I just, I think if he runs his race, despite the replay we watched beat where Johnny's fireball definitely had some trouble. I think Golden Alchemist with a trip and Irad is a likely winner. And I think I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I think your theory makes sense. I just think it's tough because if it's a two-year-old race where there's a clear standout, like if Brightwork or Vivi's Dream were in this race alone, 
then maybe I would say you could single, you could still stick, stick to a single there and you'd have a little bit more confidence maybe going head to head. You don't, if you're singling one of those, I think it's all circumstance. I don't know, by the way, did you read your ticket for if for the audio folks? I don't remember if you read it. I, or not. I did. Yes. Did, I did you read it? Okay. I just couldn't remember. Okay. No problem. Uh, main focus that it's a case by case. Once again, before we get your final thoughts, guys, and end the show banners, Keeneland power picks, uh, Paul, why don't you talk about the power picks and then Keelan, you can talk about our Keelan <laughs> and the Paul and Pete, you can talk about the morning shows real quick. Paul, 30 seconds on our Keelan power picks. Yeah, we're going to duplicate what we did at Saratoga on uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We'll give you a top three in each race and a uh, couple of exotic suggestions, maybe a pick five. I think we're going to try to include the all turf pick three, Howard, yes. right? So. Yes. Uh, maybe one of the pick fives and a pick three, maybe both pick fives. Uh, some uh, other plays that we like, a double here or there. And, you know, you got to make your own plays, but we'll give you plenty to think about in those races. Yes, and go to our website for that, uh, hhhracingpodcast.com. And then we are starting our morning shows. Pete, I'm going to be traveling, of course, to Keeneland along with Kyle Roscoe. <laughs> Noah Maher is going to be there, so the three of us will probably not be on the morning shows. But I think you're going to be hosting both both morning shows, uh, Saturday and Sunday, for Keeneland today. Yep, Saturday and Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Join us live on Saturday. Paul, it's going to be me and you, right? Are you confirmed? I'm good for, for Saturday? Saturday, Pete. Yeah, Sunday could be an issue because i got a standing 11 a.m. Uh, gym thing with my daughter that uh, I think I have to do. Well, but actually, we have... Charlie, Charlie Freeman from Betting and Boozing lined up. So you you don't even have oh, to good. worry about it, Paul. All right, so, so I'm in on good. Saturday. Good. So, yeah, join us in the chat. We'll be there. And I think Saturday, because we're covering because we're covering Saturday's late pick five on our flagship Thursday show, we're covering the early pick five on Saturday yeah. for Saturday's races at Keeneland. And then we're doing the late pick five on Sunday, which includes – the rousing victory of shards that we are expecting so, and a decent race with, you know, nest and idiomatic and yeah. a couple other good horses, but we're not really concerned about that one. And Thursday show, uh, Caleb Keller from FanDuel will be here live. Uh, he's been on the show before to help us handicap. Right. And then tomorrow night, Benton and Boozen and those boys are covering big card at Belmont this Saturday. Wow. We got a lot going on. Final quick thoughts, Paul on Keelan, starting or anything else in your world well i i love it howard because uh, now it really makes the time fly to uh bc23 which is in uh today, today is 20 uh, 28 days it's in 30 32 days one month it's Breeders cup friday yes yep. sir and november speaking of that, i there's one other thing i'm going to find it because matt miller said something in the chat that up oh, here it is. Look at the bottom of the screen, guys. Oh boy. Oh boy. BC BC started taking entries today. Buy those BC BC seats. Five hundred dollar minimum deposit is a ten thousand dollar seat, or you can try to qualify. Pete, final thoughts for Keeneland. Anything in your world? And we'll end the show. Nothing exciting here. Just happy for another week where we're we're gonna get some great Breeders' Cup races and. I mean, there's nothing better than figuring out, okay, who looks good because this is going to come in and be a key part of our Breeders' Cup handicapping. What happens this weekend and up, what happens next weekend and what happens at this Keeneland meet and what happens across the country. So 
nothing better. Nothing better than the lead into the Breeders' Cup, and let's get some great horses running. I am thoroughly excited for my trip down to Keeneland, guys. I love Keeneland Racecourse. Get to see Noah Maher also in person. Get to see Shards run. The Bears suck. The Cubs are out of the playoffs. Let's go to Keeneland. Not much else on the Chicago sports front to worry about, so I am very excited. Thanks for watching, everyone. It's been a great show. For my co-host, Paul Halloran and Pete Visco, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, and for Matt Bernier as well, who joined us in the chat. This has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 294 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Crush your bets. All meet at Keelan Racecourse in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. See you guys Thursday night or Wednesday night on Ben and Boozin. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.